Welcome back, everyone, to the new Radio Days for 2024, as we bring you the best of old-time radio entertainment. All your favorite detective shows now have a place at 1001 Radio Crime Solvers, twice a week, every Sunday at noon Eastern Time and Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, for your enjoyment. Radio Days will now feature a wide array of entertainment, comedy, drama, and the best of old-time radio for all ages to enjoy. And we'll bring new episodes every Sunday at noon Eastern Time and Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You're encouraged to send us reviews which ask for shows you would like to hear. Or email me at 1001storiespodcast at gmail.com. And now, on with the show. Can everybody hear? All right, here from an all-night stand at the Bangkok bathhouse, Les Brown and his band of renown. Thank you very much. That was Luciati on the tenor sax and Butch Stone, who just had a, a little lunch backstage as he got to him. And here's Butch Stone again, that good man that's hard to find. 
Now, here's a story with a moral. All you girls should pace the mind. When you find a man worth keeping, be satisfied, huh? Make sure to treat him kind. Cause a good man is hard to find. You can always get the other kind. When you think you got a pal, you can find him messing around. Another gal, then you rave. You'll even start to crave to see him laying deep down on his grave. So if your man is nice, <coughs> take my advice. You'd better hug him in the morning. Kiss him every night. Give him plenty loving. Treat him right. Cause a good man nowadays is hard to find. I got a chick, yeah, about six foot two. That's a big broad. She never thought a midget like me would do. One fine day, she met some other cat. He took all her money, then left the flat. Now she's calling me on the phone. She said, baby, you better come on home, I'm all alone. But if I'm gonna go back to her grand shack, she's gotta hug me in the morning. Kiss me every night, give me plenty love him, treat me right, I cause the good man nowadays is hard to find. Now we're back. Yeah, but I told that gal I'm how. I said then was then woman, now is now. That's how I said it. You want me to stay that just one butt, get a smile on your face, and keep your big mouth shut. Now we're back together, everything's fine. What a house, Jack. She better not step on a line. And now she knows what to do when the day is through. She's got to hug me in the AM, kiss me in the PM. Give me plenty love in with all her might. I cause a good man. Now what day is hard to find. Henry Butch Stone. There's our boy. It's my great pleasure to present a gentleman who just assumed command of the 507th Engineers here at Long Bend, and also a gentleman who received the Congressional Award, Congressional Medal of Honor for his work during the Korean War. Here is Lieutenant Colonel Joseph C. Rodriguez. During this uh, holiday season, with all of us away from home, we need a morale booster. Right? For the past 15 years now, our guest that is going to entertain us here has been coming overseas to entertain us GIs. So now let's show our appreciation to him and his troop for coming over here to Vietnam to entertain us. I'm privileged to introduce the fabulous Mr. Bob Hope! Yes, sir, my boy. 
Hey, nobody showed up, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, here we are in Vietnam. Yes, sir. So much for your bombing halt. And today we're at Long Bin, Vietnam's answer to Disneyland. What a spot. What a spot this is. They have three kinds of weather here. Hot, hotter, and oh my God, Harry, the air conditioner just dissolved. It's no trouble having a barbecue here. They just take your shirt off. I'd like to thank General Abrams for his wonderful welcome. When I stepped off the plane, he said, button that pocket, suck in the belly, and why aren't you wearing a regulation nose? <laughs> this via Long Bin is the biggest logistical installation in Southeast Asia. 20,000 men all dedicated to one purpose, to get to Bangkok. they have all kinds of troops here, American, Vietnamese, Korean, Thai, and Australian. It's the first time I ever saw a crap game with an interpreter. But this is headquarters. What brass? This must be the world center for swagger sticks. And with all this brass, there's a lot of saluting. There must be. I saw one private with a right arm eight feet long. Vietnam, this is where it's at. It's what's happening, or to put it another way, who needs it? I just want to say, if you're wondering what I'm doing here, those Humphrey bumper stickers are harder to get off than I thought. <laughs> Vietnam, with its exciting-sounding places, Phu Cat, Cú Chi, Long Bin. I like them almost as much as New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. No sense in applauding your travel agents not listening. This is my fifth visit to Vietnam. Tell me, do they have a Section 8 for civilians? Section 8, that's a fruitcake that goes home for Christmas. Were any of you guys here last year? Well, that's tough. I told you, war is hell. I plan to spend Christmas in the States, but I can't stand violence. So I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here. Well, I could, but that's all you need, more propaganda. <laughs> no, I think this is the perfect time to come to Vietnam, now that they've moved the war to Paris. I rushed over here. The Pentagon told me if I didn't hurry, the war would be over. I'd hate to be stuck with 19 girls and no war. And no note for my doctor. But I know you men are happy the election's over. Now you can get back on the Huntley-Brintley show. Yes, sir. The best damn division in Vietnam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gary Owen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't that fun? Let it go. Yeah. It's a shame there's no spirit here. <laughs> this could turn into the biggest damn fight right in this bowl, couldn't it? I just want to say they're flying us around Vietnam by mosquito. The helicopters aren't big enough to handle this troop. 
Now, we found Vietnam without any trouble. We just followed the Nuke Nam vapor trail in. <laughs> I should explain to our audience that Nuke Nam is a native sauce made out of fermented fish heads. It wouldn't be so bad if they'd leave out the napalm. The napalm. Leave something out. And I know the bombing hall is really working. I know because we flew over the Ho Chi Minh Trail and nothing was moving. It's the worst traffic jam I ever saw. Looked like the Hollywood Freeway. Of course, you know that back home the elections are over and the birds are flying south. They're migrating back to Texas. No, the voters, the voters decided they wanted a change of birds. They said, let's get the lame duck out of the White House. The government needs a goose. That's a funny joke, but I don't think I can use it on the air. At the White House, the Republican takeover is going very smoothly. The Nixon forces have most of the first floor. And the fighting has moved out to the backyard where LBJ is making a stand at the barbecue pit. And, of course, I wish LBJ all the luck in the world. He's had a rough time, you know. In fact, the other day he went over the Lincoln Memorial and he looked up at Abe and he said, You had a war. You had a civil rights problem. What can I do? And there was a pause and finally a voice said, Don't go to the theater. <laughs> but LBJ is all right. He's going to teach at a college. He says it'll be strictly non-political. But I'd hate to be a Republican in his class raising my hand to leave the room, that's all. And of course, now that the elections are over, there's no more hard feelings. In fact, Nixon offered LBJ a good job, ambassador to Poland. And he offered Hubert a very important job, chief dredging officer in the Suez Canal. And I see where the Nixons are buying some new furniture for the White House. I don't want to say that they spent a lot on the campaign, but they're buying on time at Sears. And of course, you know that the students back home are making great progress. Last year, they were burning their draft cards. This year, it's the schools. So when you muster out, keep your rifle, because if you want to go to school under the GI Bill, you may have to recapture it first. College. College demonstrations are getting so rough they're wearing helmet liners under their freshman beanies. Don't look at the cards. I can read all right. Don't check the cards. He keeps looking around. Of course, it's helping the situation here. You're now getting battle replacements here with battle experience, which I think is important. And throw that card away or send it to Red Skelton right now. Last year, Christmas shoppers wouldn't buy war toys because they were too violent. This year, they're not violent enough. The big game now is students and faculty. That's the big... You know, when you die in this bowl, you die, don't you? I, I mean, you don't lay an egg. You lay a basketball here. No, college sure... <laughs> college sure has changed. Whoever thought an eraser would be a Molotov cocktail? And the trouble is the students want to run the colleges. That's like Gomer Pyle running the Pentagon. <laughs> but I don't want you to worry about it because with your combat experience, you'll make great freshmen. And without it, you'll never make sophomore.
At San Francisco State, the cops have spent so much time on... What, what joke did you get? What was that? That's a late reaction. They're laughing in Tonsonut. What was that back there? Did you find a bar or something? At San Francisco State, the cops have spent so much time on campus, eight of them graduated. And I'd tell you about the Paris peace talks, but one more at a time. Imagine peace talks in Paris. They were held up three days waiting for the paper hats. But they just added a woman to the peace talks. That was a good idea. She's the only one who shows up at the meetings. Imagine bringing a girl to Paris. That's like sending a canoe to Aristotle Onassis. <laughs> South Vietnam finally joined the peace talks and everyone's happy about it. With four, you get the egg roll. And there is some good news uh, from the Paris peace talks. The Kong has agreed on the shape of the table and the Saigon government has agreed on the shape of the table. Now, if they can just figure out how to put a square end on a round middle, you can all pack and go. <laughs> Isn't that something, that table? That's like trying to milk a bull. Even if you succeed, you're not going to drink it. You know, it's one of those things. But that's... <laughs> that's another joke I don't think we'll hear on the air. But that's diplomacy for you. They're in Paris worrying about what the shape of the table should be, and you're here trying to keep your head from molding. Anyway, I want to just say one thing. We have, I think, the biggest show that we've ever had the pleasure of touring with. I was sitting with General Abrams when the, uh, when the helicopters kept coming in, and he looked over and he said, man, this is a big show. This looks like the first cavalry landing. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. What are you, AWOL from Anke? <laughs> You're gonna have a lot to yell about when you see some of this talent. I want you to meet four gals right now from Detroit, Michigan. And we're so thrilled to bring it. Let's have a big hand for the Honey Limited right here. Here we go, lads. Yeah. 
We'll return with Bob Hope's Christmas special from Long Bin, Vietnam, 1968, right after these sponsor messages. And now, back to our Radio Day show. Thank you, darling. Go to my hooch. 
Isn't that the thing you say? That's what they tell me. You obviously can see that our accents, the accent is on youth this year, huh? Are they great? Yes, sir. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. I got a note from my doctor. No, I, I mean, since Onassis, what about Onassis? How about that rich Greek winning the Irish sweepstakes? Wasn't that something? Oh, that Jackie Kennedy. It's amazing how, what lengths a woman will go to to get a boat for her son. No, I don't think, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with an older fellow marrying a younger girl. I don't think so, and I keep thinking more about that every year. No, I, I think it's wonderful, and I know I have an uncle that is that way. He's about 82, and uh, he was going to marry a girl 24. In fact, he did marry her, and he went to the doctor. He says, uh, can you give me a little tonic to give me a little pizzazz, a little youth, you know? And the doctor said, yeah, I gave him a bottle. He said, take a teaspoonful of this every night, and you will be so young. But he got nervous on his wedding night. He took the whole bottle all at once. And the next morning, his bride's trying to wake him up. Says, Sam, 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 get up. And he opened his eyes. He said, I'll get up, but I won't go to school. <laughs> okay, huh? I just thought of that. I had to get it out of me. We have, hey, here's a local girl. Well, about as local as any girls get here. She's from Australia. A 19-year-old, a 19-year-old librarian who has everything neatly stacked in place. This year's winner of the Miss World Contest in London, Miss Penny Plummer, right here. Pretty. This is the this is the first plumber I've ever seen that brought everything along. All right, soldier, you better light a cigarette. You're smoking. So you're Miss World. That's right, Mr. Hope. Why are we trying to get to the moon when the world looks like this? No, I can see why you're Miss World. You're charming. You have a beautiful face and a lovely figure. Oh, please, Bob. You'll give me a swelled head. Well, we like to keep things symmetrical. Tell me, Penny, how did you get to be Miss World? Well, they had an election and I won. I could kill myself. I voted for Nixon. Isn't that all? <laughs> how old are you, Penny? Nineteen. 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 I've got golf balls older than that. Would you believe that I'm twice your age? Three times? I think I'm getting an excedrin headache. Just for the record, what are your vital statistics? Oh, do soldiers really want to know that? Well, you see, they may send out patrols and they'll need to know what they're up against. Just the important measurements, huh? Uh, well, 35, 24, 35. <laughs> What are yours, Bob? Mine are 54, 40, or fight. <laughs> I hear that you want to be a teacher, is that right? That's right. 
I can't think of a better way to end dropouts. Um, I understand school teachers in America do very well. Yes, they do. The survivors get free hospital care. And is it true that American servicemen are provided with a fine education? Yes, and never better than right now. Say, Penny, have you ever thought of going into show business? Oh, no, Bob. I'm not the type. To get anywhere in show business, you must have a colossal ego. Yeah. I didn't think the Australians had snipers, too. You're wrong, Penny. A lot of us are very humble, no matter how great we are. Well, that's a relief. Does that mean that we don't have to kneel anymore when you make your appearance in the morning? Well, just so you remove your shoes before you enter the shrine. Bob, when you invited me on the show, you promised me that you'd do a dramatic sketch with me. Oh, yeah. You've broken a few promises, too. Shakespeare. Many times. I've got very sneaky writers. You know, we really don't have enough performers for any real drama. Well, that's no problem, Bob. I have a volunteer from the audience, a very talented serviceman. You're kidding now. Really? Here he comes. Where is he? How about that? How about that? Hi. Specialist Spence, huh? Spence. Spence? Spencer. Spencer? Right. Are you ready? I sure am. <laughs> well, don't get all choked up about it. Well, I think you'll enjoy the sketch, and I want to tell you, we have a very good thing working out here. Now, I... I... <laughs> What'd you get your stripes for? Maneuvers? Well, I think he's cute. I was wondering, Miss Plummer, there's a dance at the officers' club tonight. Would you like to go with me? Oh, I'd love to. But wait a minute, the officers' club, but you're not an officer. Who'll notice? <laughs> Let's chip in and send this boy to the Pentagon, huh? I understand that you've had some dramatic experience. Yes, Bob. In, in one scene, I registered agony, suffering, and actually cried real tears. Yeah, that sounds really dramatic. Uh, how'd it go over? Pretty good, but they sent me here anyhow. You had to have a letter from your congressman to get here. <laughs> yes, I, either that or a good conduct medal. <laughs> now, in this scene, I play Romeo Montague Capulet and the other important parts, and we'll give you a chance to show your talent, too. Here, read your part and study it, and I'll be right back. <laughs> well, Montague, so nice to see you. I say... Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Hope, I'm Post Commander Com uh, Colonel Castle. Soldier? If you're going to give him a chance, give him a chance. You want to turn the whole show over to an amateur? Why change the format now? I hate these weekend warriors. Look. 
You may be running the base, but I'm running this show. Very well, Mr. Hope, but remember, this is a combat area, and anyone thrown off the base is a dead duck. Anyone for warm chicken? That's better. You may carry on now. I hope his eagles rust. I... Oh. By the way, Miss Plummer, there is a dance at the officers' club tonight. I'm wondering if you'd like to go with me. Gee, I'm awfully sorry, but I've already been asked by Specialist Spence. You're, you're, you're going with him? If you're going to give him a chance, give him a chance. All right, carry on. All right. Now, in this scene, I play Juliet. And as we begin, I'm waiting for my Romeo. Ah, my Romeo will soon be here. I must pretty myself for him. Oh, nurse, where's my faithful old nurse? Juliet, you remember me, Rosemary's baby? <laughs> oh, my faithful old nurse. You know, this isn't such a bad part. <laughs> Always near when I need thee. I'll never get an Oscar, but who cares? <laughs> Hark! Tis Romeo arriving at the castle gate. you fool. No commercials in this, please. Fair Juliet. Romeo, how pale you look. Since Montague first put sword against couplet, I have not slept. Yea, verily, I have not slept. If I was that bad an actor, I couldn't sleep either. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. You're not that off now. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You betcha, sir. Oh, Romeo, my love, take my arm. Press my lips, Romeo. Why are they wrinkled? <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, tis night of the clock of a wonderful evening. Where are you going, to Tudo Street? What happened to that? I have grave news for thee. It has been decreed death for the Capulets, death for the Montagues, and thou art doomed to die. <laughs> you just died out here yourself, I'll tell you that. Thank you, Walter Cronkite. Thank you very much. Very nice. Oh, I have saved this poison for this dying moment. 
Romeo. I drink for suit. Don't wait for five, Sooth. I'm a coward. How about that? Miss World, right there. Spencer! Annie Plummer, right there. Take a bow, Miss World. There you are. Thank you. We have a gal who in a few short years has parlayed TV appearances and all the top shows into starring roles in musical comedy on the Broadway stage. She sings, she dances, she acts. And if that isn't enough, she's one of the most beautiful dolls you'll ever see. Miss Linda Bennett, right here. There's a kind of walk you walk when you're feeling lonely. There's a kind of walk you walk when you're feeling proud. There's a kind of walk you walk when you feel like rocking. And there's a kind of walk you walk sets you above the ground. There's a kind of walk you walk when somebody loves you. That's very much like walking on a cloud. Good fortune found you chappy. Don't the blooming world seem fine? There's a kind of walk you walk when you're feeling groovy. And there's a kind of walk you walk when you're on your way. There's a kind of walk you walk when your pride is showing. There's a kind of walk you walk when today's your day There's the kind of walk you walk When the world's all rainbows And your heart's hopping like a poppin' jay Well, you had best believe it, chappy you find that life is finger-snappy The day you learn that walking happy You gotta keep walking, walking happy when you're 
Six, Long Ben. You know, I never realized that, never thought we could get as lucky as we were just grabbing this next act. They were the replacement for the Dean Martin show last summer, and they were actually a sensation in our country. And to think that we could get this many young kids here, and they are beautiful and talented. I want you to meet the gold diggers right now.
Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, brand new for 2024, featuring variety shows from the 40s, 50s, and 60s from the best of old-time radio. Please tell a friend. Please do send us a review at 1001 Radio Days. And if you have requests, you can send us a review that includes your request or email me at 1001storiespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and we're glad to have you with us.